0: all
1: right. Well, thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. That guy just said it. I'm John Englehart, and uh, we uh, thank you very much for joining us uh, on the show. I uh, hope you had got your preak on uh, over the uh, the weekend and uh, had a good time wherever you were watching the preakness. And uh, uh, like they do in Chicago, vote early and vote off and uh, early voting got the job done and the preakness stakes we'll be bringing in two nationally known guests to talk about that um our first guest is ron flatter uh ron is a very popular um, uh, podcast himself uh through horse racing nation you may read ron and horse racing nation but uh, unbelievable. This guy's been in sports journalism for 46 years. He started young, I'll give him that. And uh, so he, he's in his third year as the managing editor of Horse Racing Nation. You know, we've had several of the writers uh, on this show from Horse Racing Nation. And now uh, this is his fifth year uh, talking. On the Ron Flatter Racing Pod, so we'll ask him about that. He spent years in Vegas. Uh, he worked with Brent Musburger uh, for for quite a while, and uh, and then uh, you know he his his hometown is Chico, California. Uh, he's uh, an international correspondent in Melbourne, Australia, and this show's only an hour long, so I better move on. <laughs> Ron Flatter, looking forward to meeting him for the first time, and a gentleman we've had on a couple—oh, I'll say months ago now—I couldn't wait to get him back. He's our quarter horse expert. His name is Tom Dawson. He's going to be our guest handicapper, and what uh, evening, I guess you could say, of racing at Remington Park on Saturday night, uh, they're giving away over $2.1 million for the quarter horses. Now, the uh, cornerstone of this event is the Heritage Place Futurity. It's a grade one in quarter horse racing, $1.1 million for two-year-olds. Of course, you have to qualify to get in these races. They're all just milliseconds behind one another, and we will ask Tom not only to do that, But leading up to it are all stakes races, so we'll see if we can do a pick three, and if time allows, a pick three or four with Tom Dawson. So, again, uh, early voting coming in fresh. Uh, Trainer Chad Brown using the exact same calculations uh, that he used in bringing cloud computing to the Preakness, and that was run against some tough horses early, and this horse won the Withers, and just fell a neck short in the wood memorial most people would say all right we're derby bound he said eh, let's uh, tap the brakes here um let's give him a little more time let's let those other horses knock each other out and we'll come back the fresh horse like we did with cloud computing and do it all over again and they did And early voting who was bob roberts top pick on the show last week our guest handicapper uh paid thirteen forty to win well in second Tough luck on this horse. Epicenter. Uh, I shouldn't call it too tough luck. He was second in the Derby and uh, second in the Preakness. We will not see him in the Belmont Stakes. A deserved race. Because if you think about his, you know, resume just this year, I mean, uh, he just got beat ahead in the LeCompte, won the Risen Star, won the Louisiana Derby, just misses by three-quarters length in the Kentucky Derby, and then runs second in the Preakness. Finishing third? Well, they got their money back. Uh, Kenny McPeak and his partners uh, antied up $150,000 to get Creative Minister into the race. $150,000 to get in, and they took home hundred and eighty one thousand five hundred dollars so i would say that paid for shipping and uh a few uh, skyline chili dogs if they stop in cincinnati before they get back to kentucky so anyhow that's the way they came in it was a 582 where did secret o's finished she finished fourth uh got too far back in the even going tried to do another big swoosh move and just kind of flattened out in the final part she'll be back again and she'll be even tougher when she's back in with the girl so there'll be other preachers talking this show I'm uh, sure it looks right now and don't forget this is written in sand that the Belmont Stakes field uh currently stands at 10 a uh, rich strike uh eric reed posted some pictures of him today and gosh he is on his toes and he looks great uh so he he obviously the derby winner will be coming in but we're talking about a field of 10 uh, under consideration so uh early voting is going to pass uh and uh so the door is open for rich strike still not the favorite so uh don't you trying to say, well, is he repeating history? Well, you got to go back a ways um, to uh, Gato del Sol. That was 40 years ago. Crap, I was there. Eddie D gave me his goggles after the race. That was 40 years ago. That was the last Derby winner, health enough to run in the Preakness, who skipped the race. And then he went on uh, to the Belmont Stakes, finishing second to Conquistador Cielo. Um, so, uh, so, again, uh, uh, we'll see if he can repeat what got Odell's soul, the cat in the sun, did. Uh, but in the meantime, they're, I believe, putting Moe Donegal, who's uh, uh, based in the New York area, uh, as the favorite. So, uh, let's see if we can get the Vegas odds up for you. Right now, Moe Donegal is at 3-1. to one. Rich Strike at 7-2. to two. We the people, trained by Rudy Brissett at seven to two. Then you've got Creative Minister, third in the Preakness. We'll try to stretch it out even further for Kenny McPeak in there at five to one. The Philly. Nest trained by Todd pletzer Still on the fence may or may not go. Ethereal Road, who's a uh, impressive winner on Preakness Day, will be back with uh for trainer Dwayne Lucas. And then you got a couple uh, double digit horses, Skippy Longstockings, Barbara Road, Golden Glider and Kuchar. So that is how it sets up. And don't forget when it does set up or after we get that great pick 3 or pick 4, okay? Uh, you, you want to uh, hone in on your bets, pull down the easy win forms. We killed it again last week, go to WinningPonies.com, and you can see for yourself. Uh, but after you get all the action done, the input we get from Tom, uh, what we uh, see coming up on Monday, a lot of big races there, uh, at, uh, out in, in Texas, uh, anyhow, that's when you go to betus.com. So we got the Belmont around the corner, good races this weekend. So go to Sportsbook with integrity and longevity. BetUS for all your gambling needs. You probably know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades now. And the good news is they thrive on paying their loyal customers quick and easy. And they have action on every sport across the world. Uh, we can pretty much guarantee they got your game. Now, when we get up and we're getting closer to uh, to, to the third jewel, the triple, triple crown, you can still join during this period using, in capitals, the word ponies, and get a hundred. Hundred twenty-five percent deposit bonus, up to two thousand five hundred. So betus.com. After we get all those fantastic picks from our guests here. On winning ponies all right what else do we have going on in the news we saw the early odds there and uh, it is that Lone Star what I am struggling for 1.2 million in prize money and that'll be Lone Star Million Day and you, maybe you're saying, you know, uh, it's Memorial Day, yeah, got everything cooked on the grill, we're all good to go, what do I got to do? You got to sit down and play Lone Star for their Million Day. really says a lot about the, the, the strength of the program there. And as a matter of fact, uh, Sonny Leone, who just weeks ago won the Kentucky Derby uh, on rich Strike, will be... Be in town to ride in six of the stakes races. Of course, a guy that always tends bar out there, Stuart Elliott, who won the uh, Derby on Smarty Jones. Uh, he'll have uh, mounts. In all six stakes, too. And Victor Espinoza coming in from the West Coast. He's a Kentucky Derby winner. Of course, he rode the great Triple Crown champion, American Pharaoh, and he's going to ride in the $300,000 Texas Derby and the $400,000 Steve Sexton Mile. So uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, 10 pounds that I could pack in a a 5 pound bag Uh, but what I'm really looking forward to is catching up with Ron Flatter he's going to be our first guest, it's going to be the first time we've had him on Winning Ponies and what an interesting background he has, I read as much as I could early in the show we'll let Ron Flatter fill in the gaps so, take a break, we'll be right back you're listening to Winning Ponies
2: Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do, too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com. The home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Voice
3: America programs are now available on your favorite connected device
2: VoiceAmerica.com
0: You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host John Englehart Racing's regular guy The phone lines are open and are toll free 1-866-472-5788 Or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share any questions we would be happy to answer. Contact us now back to the show winning ponies with John Inglehart.
1: All right. Really happy to get our, our next guest on. Uh, you may already, uh, be uh, a fan of the Ron Flatter racing pod, uh, by way of horse racing nation. Uh, Ron, his writing is also very visible there. He's in his third year as managing editor of Horse Racing Nation. As I told you earlier in the show, we've had a lot of the writers on the show. And I said, I got to get this Ron Flatter on. Hey, can you send me your bio? Well, oh my God. I was embarrassed to have him on after I read this. This guy should be hosting the show, not, not me talking to him anyhow uh just i'm gonna say decades of experience in in, in radio with, with top uh, uh producers uh su- such as uh, e- of content espn sirius cbs sports radio wfan fox news radio uh he's lived in new york uh i believe he spent some time in australia he's going to straighten us out on that uh and uh he's the coverage that this guy's done, he must blend into the wallpaper because he's 15 Derbys, 18 Belmonts, 14 Breeders' Cup, 13 Prix Arctic Triumphs. Are you kidding me? Pegasus World Cup, Dubai World Cup. No further ado, Ron Flatter, welcome to winning ponies. Here's something else.
4: Yeah, it's sort of like, you know, the dirt on the race courses or the turf. You know, it's always there. You just don't always notice it. And here I am. <laughs>
1: i know and when i finally put two and two together says i've been passing this guy in the press box for 20 years and i never stuck my hand out and introduced myself but now i know who you are we do have a photo up by the way everybody don't forget when these shows are over you say yeah i heard a great interview with ron flatter you can go to our podcast and his bio will be up there and a nice photo of him so uh if any of your friends want to say Hey, I want to catch up with Ron Flatter. They can do it on our podcast. You'll get his entire resume. But Ron, let's let's reel this in uh, because it, it looked like you, you came from out of nowhere.
4: I mean, do you start in Colorado? No, no. I, I grew up in Northern California, uh, never lived in Colorado. I've certainly been there a fair share of times, and Denver is one of my favorite cities in America. But uh, no, I grew up in, in Chico, California. I went to the same high school as Aaron Rodgers, although we were more than a few years <laughs> apart, uh, 25 maybe. But uh, so uh, it, I actually asked Aaron Rodgers that I introduced myself as St. Pleasant Valley, class of 76. And one of those rare times you heard Aaron Rodgers say, go Vikings, because we there were Pleasant come. Valley Vikings so there's that but no no i california uh and and it made it a point to try to get everywhere my parents always dreamed of travel and never accomplished it and i said i'm not going to get old before i travel and so i have traveled a lot and i have indeed worked in australia i've worked in new york i've worked in las vegas florida texas now in kentucky and a lot of stops in between so i'm like the radio nomad who's found his way into <laughs> digital media. And this is where I am now. I know. Somehow
1: we've all found ourselves on the other side of it. I, I remember years ago, Ron, uh, I was uh, staying over at Jenny Reese's place uh, with her and her husband, Pat. And no, it, hold, hold looked, on. Hold it, on wait, stop right there. You had a sleepover at the Reese house. It's. It, I'm a rare guest. I was the photographer at their wedding,
4: Ron. Okay. Oh, uh, see now this is said. no see now I should be interviewing you. Yeah, we yeah we,
1: we go <laughs> we go back we go back to crawfish boils in Louisiana. I can tell you some oh, stories.
2: Oh,
4: <laughs> now you but got anyway, me envious beyond words. But,
1: but Jenny and I looked at each other. We said, "Are we going to be able to keep up with this shit, or is it even necessary?" And at that time, the crap I was talking about was all the social media they were asking our outlets were asking us to do. It's like, wait, you want me to post 10 Twitters a day? And you want me to post 10 Facebooks and write a story and do an interview? And in your case, and take photos. Uh, But I guess like all of us, uh, you've got to embrace it or go to the wayside.
4: Yeah, we've all become one-armed paper hangers of a fashion because – the way the media work now, where it used to be that a newspaper would hire a writer and then someone else to write what we used to call a sidebar story, that adjunct story. So for instance, the preakness, okay, Chad Brown wins again with Seth Klarman. Who's going to do the sidebar feature on Jose Ortiz? That You had two separate writers do that back in the day. And then you had a battery of photographers. And then you even had your wire service to provide you adjunct stories. And now all those roles are combined to one now. And I'm even (laughs) uh, on my podcast tomorrow. I have a commentary about the all-star notes teams like Jenny Reese. Jenny is a part of the all-star notes teams. And I feel like as a writer who's assigned – To cover the Preakness for my website, for which I edit Horse Racing Nation, that I'm in competition with the notes team, which is hired by the track to be able to originally fill in the gaps that us writers might not be able to get. If I'm interviewing Chad Brown, I can't get to Steve Asmussen at the same time to find out what went wrong with Epicenter, or I can't get to, uh, say, Saffy Joseph Jr. or to uh, to to uh, Kenny McPeak, somebody like that. I'm busy chasing the winner. And so these notes teams would fill in the gaps with quotes, and now the notes teams, because newspapers aren't showing up and uh, websites have limited resources, the notes teams are the all-stars working for the tracks. And now we're in competition with the notes teams, these wow. all-stars that include the likes of Jenny Reese and and, and, and uh, Tim Wilkin and Mike Kane and people like that. Yeah. And so – and they kind of look, and nothing against them. They're this is in their DNA. It's the same hey, DNA as mine. The We're yeah. But they're working for racetracks that want to control the message, and that and that changes everything. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, just as long as they don't totally eliminate access, which I fear. Um, you, I was afraid COVID opened that door, Ron. That they're like, Oh, hey, I feel you and me both. Yeah. Yeah it's, like, yeah. it's like hey, 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 we got this. You just stand outside the fence, and when the day's done, we'll hand your notes through the fence and you go out about writing your story. Cause here we've already given it to you and yeah. it, was re- it was really scary in COVID time because tracks
4: were getting away with it, Ron. Oh, Oh, and look, it's not just tracks. I mean, the NFL did it by finally, finally relenting and allowing people into locker rooms again, baseball. It was zoom calls. Well, we'll provide you with who we want to, I worked for, you mentioned Australia, and I worked for an Australian radio station back in the aughts, 2004 to 2007, and then I left there and worked for them another 12 years here in the United States to chase Australian athletes as they chase their own fortunes in the NBA and NFL and Major League Baseball. And so it gave me the chance to go into locker rooms and interview these players for an Australian radio station. Well, can you imagine during COVID, I would say, hey, I want to go talk to, let's say it was Andrew Bogut, who was playing basketball uh, for a number of NBA teams. So I want to go talk to him. They'll say, no, 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 no. We're only providing these athletes on Zoom. And if you'd like them, great. But if not, well, maybe we'll get Andrew another time for you when it's mutually convenient for all of us. And that allowed teams to control the message. Teams do that. Uh, leagues do that and i think racetracks would like to do that because they would yes. love to control the message and the problem with that is if we're all all these websites that we have horse racing nation and our competitors whether it's the daily racing Forum or blood horse or tdn or, or, or pollock report or what have you we all want to have separate messages because if we all have the same message we all don't need to exist and and as i've often said i don't want to be a twin and so that's that's the challenge we have now. And I think I've succeeded in not being a twin, but as I get older and older and older and older, uh, you know, I don't always have the energy to not be a twin. So you know. <laughs> I, uh, nearer my God to be. <laughs> well, I, I'm a big fan of the twilight
1: zone and you got to go back. There's a great one called the yeah. obsolete man with Burgess Meredith. And it, it's uh, it <laughs> scarily <laughs> mirrors what you just said. Well, no, he doesn't play the penguin in this one. He's he's a, it's a fantastic
4: <laughs> years before. Yeah.
1: Yes. I mean, remember, uh, Serling was one of my favorite writers. Anyhow, I, I, I digress, but it, it's like he, he is, a, he, he's a reader he loves books and they just said, you're right. a librarian. What do we need librarians for? You know, it's a scary stuff. Right. Anyhow, I digress, I'm getting off. Now, uh, let, let me bring us a little bit closer uh, to, to, to the Derby and some of the things you've done for Horse Racing Nation. Um, as a photographer myself, you, you caught my eye with a couple of recent photos. Um, the first one was obviously you connected with my man Eric Reed, and he took you down to the Jotum Down grocery yeah. store. Was that that yeah. was your story? And a picture of him with like a, a Mr. Pip or something in his hand, leaning up against the refrigerator. That that had to be a, a great step into a slice of American pie for you.
4: That was one of the stories that when I wrote it, very often writing is such a chore, and there's the old line that is. I don't love writing. I love having written. And that was a story that just went right through from my brain to my fingertips without any effort whatsoever. It just fell together. And it was a a little bit of an accident. Uh, Eric has a a woman in Florida who is handling uh, his appointments for him since he captured the Kentucky Derby as the trainer of Rich Strike. And she's great. uh I've dealt with a lot of people who become intermediaries who look for any reason to say yeah. no," and this woman looks for any reason to say yes, yes," and so she set me up with Eric and said, "Okay, go be over at the farm uh near Lexington one o'clock in the afternoon, and he'd forgotten, and so he says, "You don't mind coming to lunch with us, do you?" And I thought, "Well, no, I don't well, you don't mind riding." in the back of the pickup cab, do you? And I go, well, no, I don't, because this takes me back to my roots in Chico, California, where we used Thank to do you. this all the time. That's And Eric. it was just, it was such a throwback for me to go into this little store where you can go get a really good sandwich. And, I, and by the way, I went back there yesterday. And you go <laughs> in to get that sandwich and you go in to get, you know, maybe a beer, maybe you get a, a Coca-Cola, maybe you get, and you get a little gossip and you just hang out there and it's town and it's just folks and people know who you are and you're respected for nothing more nor less than you. And it it was really a slice of Americana and I can't tell you how it was so easy it was to write. I've, I've heard a lot of good things about it. and, and, And Eric even reached out to me and said, he really liked it. And I just said, Hey, back at you, man, because all I was doing was reflecting the story you told. And it was, it was such a wonderful experience to have that afternoon a couple Tuesdays ago.
1: Yeah. And I mean, w- with Eric and Kay, Ron, you're getting the real deal. And it's been such a pleasure to watch this ride for them and watch them not be caught up in the moment so much and still thinking ahead. Because I really feel, and I want to get your opinion on this, that what they did in packing the pre- passing the Preakness was a wise move.
4: Well, I mean, I don't know that we will know that until after the Belmont, but or until after this horse's career is done, or whatever. I mean, hindsight's such a wonderful thing once we get a little farther down (laughs) the road. My thing on this, and I actually was in the process of writing this for tomorrow morning for Horse Racing Nation, and my column is going to be about how we in horse racing, and I guess in life in general, but in horse racing in particular, we want that perfect picture that perfect storm if you will where
3: well why can't
4: this 80 to one shot then go to the previous and why can't he then win it why can't they then try the belmont stakes and why can't they then make all of racing rise with the tide that brings them upward and i'm like can we not be happy just that they got the 80 to one shot to win the derby i mean if anything else <laughs> that's gravy we should be happy just with that but no we want it all we're very greedy When I lived in Las Vegas, the bookmakers there who were into horse racing, and not everyone there is, but the bookmakers Uh who I knew really well who were into horse racing, rude the fact that the sport itself did not take fuller advantage of the pandemic because it was for a while the only game in town, and that it did not do enough to really harvest a popular growth of the sport. And I'm thinking like, Ooh. Can you at least be happy with the fact that Thoner Park and Will Rogers Downs yeah. did just a huge business and not sit there and try to conquer the whole world? How about just trying to conquer a little corner of it? And But it was like, no, horse racing blew its chains. And I'm like, no, horse racing did exactly what it was able to do under the circumstances that we were all cornered by. And I thought horse racing did very well for itself, and the growth I think has been showing. Even with the uh, other, the Preakness I think got a, an audience of eight or nine million people on TV. Eight or nine million nowadays, with the fractured nature of television now, that's a pretty good audience. So yeah, I think the I think horse racing did just fine. But for all the greed, it was like, oh, we blew a chance to even completely co-. stop.
3: Just take what, enjoy what you got. Enjoy what yeah. you got.
4: That's it what runs, I. Think. I-
1: I, I, I agree with you because I, I that forced me to start watching TVG and Will Rogers down. Yeah. You know, Not that I not that I never watched it before, but, you know, I'm looking for horses moving towards the finish line. And um, I noticed and I talked to Todd Shrupp about this one time and they did make a concentrated effort on thinking, you know what, uh, next to. Uh, South Korean baseball—we're the only game in town. So let's right. That's right. Let's, let's teach people yeah. what it is they're watching and how, if they do want to, you know, partake in this sport for only two dollars, they can own a horse for a minute and twelve seconds, and uh, yeah. and, and maybe get more than your two dollars. And I really noticed that they that they did start talking to—I'll just say—a less experienced audience, and it wasn't to the point that it was insulting to guys like you and me that have been doing this stuff forever um but but it was a good 101 handicapping type uh you know they just snuck it in it wasn't obvious it wasn't in your face but i could tell by listening they're teaching somebody something right now and my
4: my hat was off to them there oh i can relate when i moved to australia in 2004 i went down there as a fan already of Australian rules football because I was exposed to it in the old days on ESPN when it first got going. And that's about all it could show live because it couldn't afford the rights to anything else. So I went down there, already a fan of it, but I went down there saying, oh, I'll never, ever get into cricket. I mean, five days to get to a tie and the, you know all that. And damned if over time I didn't get into cricket. <laughs> and it came because I watched it and was left to be curious, and then my curiosity forced me to learn. And so the whole talking down to an audience that isn't up to speed on terminology or the nuances of a game, that wasn't, I, I wasn't able to take advantage of that because I'm having to hit the ground running. Made some friends who knew a little bit, happened to work with an Australian national team player, and gradually I learned the sport. And I think that's what people can do with horse racing. Horse racing can be an intimidating game, John, because you look at the form and it looks like—I mean, it looks like a rental car agreement when you first take a look at it. And when you do, and it gets intimidating. But eventually, you start to piece it together bit by bit, and you learn. And I, I think that's all it really takes: just expose people to the game, let them be thrilled with it. Not everybody will stay with it, but the percentage who do will then take it upon themselves to learn the sport. And voila, you have new fans. I don't think it's any more or less granular than that.
1: Well, um, again, we're talking with Ron Flatter, and folks, if you want to listen to Ron a lot more than I'm able to, you can catch him on the Ron Flatter uh, Racing Pod. Uh, Go by way of Horse Racing Nation, you'll be able to find him free subscription, Apple, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher. All right, with just a couple minutes left, Great mm-hmm. photo you took, and this will bring me forward um, of Dwayne Lucas and and Steve Asmussen, um, yeah, just yeah. kind of just kind of talking. I think it was after the Preakness, perhaps when you took it. Um, yeah, you know, morning after. Mm-hmm. And, and those guys were just high quality from go to whoa, and they took defeat as if they were walking home with a trophy.
4: Yeah no if you look a little closer in that photo Steve's eyeing me and the camera like why are you taking this picture and D Wayne Lucas is there like I've been photographed a
3: zillion times
4: before
1: He's tired he looks tired but still to have two legends like that in the
4: same frame uh,
3: and yeah, a relaxed Yeah was
4: atmosphere. but you could, you can see a lot from that photo uh coach uh, you know Lucas was he's ready to get going and he's going to roll back to Kentucky drive you know yeah. he's sitting in the front of the pickup tow in the, the the horse trailer and Asmussen was like, oh, God, do I have to talk another to another member of the media about losing another race here? <laughs> and and so I thought, I thought that showed a lot between the two of them in their personalities. And so uh, I, I feel bad for Steve. I feel very bad for Steve. He should have won the Kentucky Derby. I say that as somebody who had money on Epicenter and had money on him again in the Preakness. I don't look at that as a failure for Steve. Preakness, no. yeah, bad trip. Joel Rosario, did, could you have gotten out of the gate better and then positioned yourself more forward? Yeah, you better believe it. Uh, derby, just one of those things. I mean, the the, the ride of a lifetime for Sonny Leone on Rich Strike beat him. Uh, so I feel I feel badly for Steve in that sense. I mean, the guy deserves a Derby win. I hope he gets one. I really hope he gets one. But, I mean, but I'm Ron, old enough I to just, remember when Sam just, Sneed couldn't win the, the PGA. So, I mean, you know, there's... Sometimes you, you go without, but he certainly deserved it. And I, feel, I, I think that photo spoke a lot about Steve like, oh, God, what now? What now? That kind of.
1: Well, I, I just love the way he, he handled it with the class. And uh, I, I find this hard to believe, but I know you did live radio for many more years than I did. And that doesn't mean you're old. It just means you're more experienced. Okay. No, no,
4: no it means both. It actually means both. <laughs> Two things can be
1: true at <laughs> once, John. <laughs> well, uh, it, it, it has been a real pleasure. Uh, I hope we gave enough people a, a, a tease for Horse Racing Nation and, and your riding ability that they're going to go up there and check it out and, and realize that, hey – Belmont's only two weeks away now let's, let's start yeah. reading this guy. And I, I understand you're coming off the injured reserve from a, a, a tumble <laughs> uh, at Keeneland and, uh, and, yeah. and are going to tough it out, delay surgery. Uh, you, 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 you're, you're one of, one of the old souls, uh, Ron, and we need more of them. Believe me that. So, um, but thanks so much. Hopefully our, uh, listeners, this isn't the first time they've been exposed to you and they'll go on over and listen to the Ron Flatter racing pod, uh, Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. And I got your number now, my friend. You're not going away.
4: Uh, Thanks, John. look forward to talking to you again. And, uh, you know, keep cashing them and not trashing them. I love it.
1: Ron Flatter from Horse Racing Nation. And speaking of cashing them and not trashing them, uh, the, the easiest way to the winners was through the easy win forms at winningpony.com. But after you listen to someone like Tom Dawson tell us about that sensational card at Remington Park and his outstanding selection, giving us a pick four, possibly. What do I do? I've got these great picks from Tom Dawson. Wait, well, You go to BetUS. They've been pioneers in the sports book industry for over uh, two decades. Close it in on three, and the good news is uh, they pay you quickly and loyally. It's BetUS.com. Get your action down, not only on racing, but every sport across the world. And there's a sign-up bonus for Winning ponies, listeners, just type in capital ponies and sign on in. All right, quick break. When we come back. The man who's the king of the quarters, none
0: other than Tom Dawson. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com/forward/slash/voiceamerica.
2: self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Wedding Ponies with John Englehart. All right, welcome
1: back to Winning Ponies. You know, not long ago, we had a, a huge uh, staff meeting there uh, downtown in, uh, on Madison Ave in New York, and we all looked at each other, and they mostly looked at me and said, you know, John, you're not doing a bad job, but how come you, you, you don't uh, tell us anything about quarter horse racing? And I realized, it's like, well, I don't know that much about quarter horse racing. they said, well, do you know anybody that does? And all of a sudden, I said, yes, Tom Dawson. I said, you know, this guy's uh, the rate was been the racing secretary at Rudy Oso Downs, uh, Albuquerque, Sunland Park. He was analyst uh, for quarter horse racing on All-American Network. Uh, He was involved with the ESPN broadcast, not only a quarter horse live, but thoroughbred racing. And now he's back to being the king of the quarters. I'm going to call Tom Dawson. And with over two and a half million dollars on the line at Remington Park, who better to have on? Tom welcome back to winning ponies
3: hey John thanks for having me back it's all I, I always know that we have a big event coming up what do you call me yeah you know, that's good
1: that's well you know I again I'm trying I'm trying to learn um, you know because it, it's 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 tough it's tough switch sure the information I'm looking at in my daily racing form is is very similar but I had to ask you a, a lot of a lot of Questions last time that that helped me a little mm-hmm. bit, and I, I may double up on some of them. And I did notice in, in the, the again, this is going to be uh, on Saturday at Remington. So for most of us, it's considered an evening. a a night card and
3: uh, it's going to be very dark outside. Yes.
1: Okay. And uh, so it'd just be great if you're looking for something to do and got everything out of the way, kick back with Remington because uh, we're talking two and a half million dollars. You're getting, uh, would this be considered the creme de la creme of the quarter horse breed that that we're going to see on Saturday?
3: Well, you're going to see a lot of very nice horses. Uh, One of the races that we'll get to is the championship here, Remington Park Invitational Championship. And it, it is the best older horse race for quarter horses run in the country for at, at least the first six months of the year, every year. Uh and it so it's outstanding. The others are the others are, are very good, a lot of nice horses and, and promising two year olds, but that championship is is world class. Well, Tom,
1: uh, I, I'm sure I can look it up when, uh, if i got a program. But real quick for our listeners out there, um, as far as uh, like jockeys and trainers are, are concerned, is the quarter horse more of a nomadic uh, life, or, or uh, do these guys show up at Remington and stay for the whole meet because they cart
3: enough quarter horse races? Well, the Remington Park quarter horse meet is straight quarter horse from uh, March Early March through uh, Saturday night. Uh, so yeah, there's guys that uh, that just stay at Remington, and uh, they might go, you know, someplace else for a stakes race, much like the the riders do. Uh, this weekend is kind of interesting and eh, a little bit a little bit annoying in a way <laughs> for for those of us who need to be two places at once. Ruidosa Downs opens uh, tomorrow and the first three days of their meet are trials for the first of the Triple Crown races. So it used to be that that event took place on a separate weekend from this one, and we could all be both places, but, you know, things happen, and now they're on the same weekend, so there's jocks that are having, that are gonna ride in Ruidos or during the day on Saturday, leave after the 10th race, go to the private airport there at Rio Dosa, get a, a private plane, fly to Oklahoma City,
2: and hustle
3: out to the racetrack, and get there hopefully by the 7th race on the cart. Uh, and then, then they'll turn around and go back to Rio Dosa to ride Sunday. Wow. Well, who who are the guys?
1: You know who who are the Ortiz brothers? Uh, you know of of the the quarter horse community that we'll be looking at at on on Saturday at Remington.
3: Uh, the uh, probably the the best riders uh, that are that are here on this card, and and now I'm going to leave somebody out, of course. But sure. Oh yeah, Francisco Francisco Calderon is the uh was the a q h a champion rider last year he's got a lot of a lot of uh, really good mounts james Flores was the uh rider of the year two consecutive years before that and uh, and he's well represented and a young fellow named juan polito uh is is the up and coming rider uh he's going to win a lot of championships and he's got a lot of nice horses on the card, you know. Plus, there's some old veterans like Rodrigo Vallejo, who's—I think he's all as old as me—and uh, but he's he's still riding and winning races, and you know, he's probably late forties at least, early fifties, and he's the one that organized this trip to take all the jocks back and forth, <laughs> ride all day in Rio Doce, fly to Oklahoma and ride some more, you know. So well.
1: Uh, <laughs> Yeah, give me a weather report. Are they going to make it in on time? We looking good for fast yeah. track.
3: Yeah, yeah, it does look good. It looks good. They should, they should make it just fine. In fact, I'm, uh, I was hoping to catch a ride back with somebody to Rioja so I could be there on Sunday for the uh, Rioja Derby trials. But uh, so far, I haven't found anybody offer me a seat. But you know, I'm still looking. I'd love, there you I'd love to just get back. Yeah.
1: I hope they're listening. I hope they're lit. Tom <laughs> Dawson needs needs a flight, you know.
3: Please, yes. Take After care of the last race at Remington. I can't leave before, you know, before we wrap the show. So, you know, now, the music uh, and the jock. So fine, you know.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm sure you'll work it out somehow. Yeah. Um, well, now the the twelfth race, they they, you know. It just kept stunning me as I went through and the price, the prices of the purses got richer and richer. Um, This is the Heritage Place Futurity. We'll start with this race, Uh, $1,112,000 in the purse. Um, They had to qualify for this final and it's a field of 10 uh, that'll go to post. And we spoke uh, last time a little bit about uh, track biases, could change just as they could at any racetrack and horses may or may not have a preference for being outside or inside of horses. Do you see anything in this million dollar race from the draw that could have helped or hurt someone, Tom?
3: Um, I don't think there's too much post position wise. Uh, You know, some of the horses moving outside uh, to more inside position, but but uh, both of them have had experience in both places. You know, one of the key things to look for when you're looking at past performances, particularly on trials, is is check your win conditions. Because uh, you, they qualify for the Heritage Place Treaty over two nights. Five from the first night, and there were ten races. Five from the second night, another ten races. You cannot and should not ever cross mingle the two nights because, for instance, the wind on the on the uh, uh, one of the nights of qualifying got as high as twenty miles an hour uh, headwind, right? And on on or rather a tailwind, I'm sorry. And on the other night there was no wind. So if you try to compare those times. You, yeah. you, you're going to be, you're going to be in trouble, uh, and, but it's always, always good to look at your wind to see what was, what was happening. Now the, the, the speed figures, the e speed figure, is supposed to take that into account. That's supposed to be part of the, part of the process. But it's always good to look and, and notice what conditions these horses have been in. But as far as post position inside to out, I don't see an issue. Okay, well, uh, well, let's go
1: to this million-dollar race. The plus, uh, the Heritage Place Futurity. Tom Dawson, uh, give us a couple angles or horses we can start to put in our pick threes.
3: The, the the horse that's never done anything wrong in his life is a horse called Trace Crystals. He's the six. He won the reming or that won the Oklahoma Futurity back here in March. Skipped the next Futurity and then qualified smartly for this one he's a proven commodity not done anything wrong uh and he he will definitely definitely take some beating um, a, a horse that was particularly impressive in the trials i thought is uh the four horse ivory senator um, he got beaten a stake here uh, a little while back, but boy, his races on either side of that are, are really good, and he seems to be improving, and in the trials, he beat a horse who ran third, very close third in the Oklahoma Futurity behind Trace Crystals, a horse called Sunday Silence, with a Y, okay, <laughs> uh, he beat that horse two lengths, and, you know, if you come back off of that, I, I got a projection to be to be really tough, um, he's the four horse. Um, I, there's <laughs> there's there's a quarter horse named Turcot, by the way. I know. Is, I'm
1: looking it, at Sunday yeah. Silence and Turcotte. I didn't want to confuse yeah. our audience. How about that?
3: And and both, interestingly enough, both both of those horses are are bred by uh, by Bobby Cox, who's one of the leading breeders in the sport. And Bobby, unlike a lot of quarter horse breeders who name horses, he doesn't just tack his initials on and put, you know, something that has to do with the sire dam. He he finds interesting names from all over. And whenever he uses like a third name, like Sunday Silence, he changes the spelling so it's not right. a, a copy. But Turcot is definitely in reference to Ron Turcotte. That's great. And he, you know, he's, he's a, he's a decent little horse. Probably the other tough horse is fancy Scarface. Uh, number seven. Uh, he, he, did not run well in the Oklahoma futurity, but he had plenty of trouble in, uh, at the break. Uh, he got beat a length in three quarters and you could find at least a length of that at the break. And, uh, you know, Maturity and and getting better and his trial was really impressive. One of the things that that betters should pay attention to. Both of these horses were qualified by Juan Toledo. I told you he was one of the up and coming riders. When they took entries, and I don't know why this was, I thought they, like most states, I thought they had to name a rider an entry time. They did not. Uh, both Ivory Senator. And uh, the other horse, uh, Fancy Scarface, are open. And I texted the jock and I asked him, who are you riding? He didn't answer me. So that tells me there's, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. But whoever <laughs> Polito winds up on it in the, that 12th race, he gets an extra check mark. Well, let's let's if you can help us. I got a couple minutes left.
1: Do, uh, do you want to rewind or uh, to do like a pick three, or do you want to just point out some uh, some interesting races on the card? It's your call.
3: Well, uh, we're going to cover we're going to cover on Cowboy Channel our live show. We're going to cover races nine through twelve, and let's we're go. hoping nine gets in the live portion of the show. Um, I'm not sure right now, but it's the beginning of the late pick four. There's a horse in the ninth race, the Heritage Place Oaks, uh, called Political Rose. She's the one horse. If she runs back, well, you've heard, John, you've heard and you've seen cases where you thought a horse could bounce and, lo- and still win. Right? <laughs> yeah. well, that's her. Uh, she, could, she could bounce off that trial race and still win. Uh, if she breaks, she's a She's a rocket. If she doesn't break, she gets nothing. I mean, she's not a comfort behind her at all. But if she breaks, and the rail should be good for that. She was on the rail when she qualified. She's a single in there. She's a single. Okay. The all only right. other horse I'd use maybe to spread, you know, uh, just to, to have a, something else going, is a horse that I think is better than looked. The horse that ran second to her in the trial, the 10 horse, Little Longmire. Uh, sneaky good Philly, uh, but if political Rose runs a race, they don't beat her. So to me, she's a single. All right, Tom, I'm down race. to
1: three minutes to post, so I'm dying to get your races. picks.
3: Tenth race, the Heritage Place Derby, uh, Dreamsville, or five horse. Won the other, the first Derby here this year. Uh, she looks tough again. Three horse Whiskey Glasses, major Grade One winner in California last year those two looked like uh looked like the best throw in the 10 horse delight us all so you got a single a 3 you get to the championship you got to go uh you should go three deep uh, i'm going to try to go only two the four horse danger defending world champion five horse candy blood who has a big race uh in his future uh, and then when we get to the futurity, the three that I, uh, that I told you about are probably the ones to, to do a four ivory senator, six trace crystals, seven fancy scarface. So, you know, what is that, uh, three by two by three by one, uh, 12, you know, 12, $12 pick three for a buck. All right. I I am just double checking. I d I
1: I wanna go back. I'm trying to write this down and my papers blew off the desk. Um in in the um the uh ninth, the, ninth the, race, the, 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 one. the champ the championship with the championship uh, you four say or five. The, the the
3: world champions in there, the four and four. the five Andy blood. Okay. And and danger, don't pay any attention to his last race. He sat back at the break. Um don't pay any attention to it. He's There's also got his regular rider back. in there, John, but uh, you know, you can't use everybody. Right. Right.
1: Great. Well, Tom, so what will you be doing Saturday evening besides trying to hitchhike a
3: ride to Albuquerque? <laughs> well, I'll be, uh, I'll be the on the ground correspondent for the cowboy channel for our live show. So, uh, tomorrow night we're taping some interviews and stuff that we will use in the show and Saturday night, I'll be the guy live, working back and forth with uh, Jeff Meadows and Dave Appleton in the studio. So it's, a, it's the role I like. I design the shows huh. and then turn it over to a line producer to to do from uh, the control room. But I want to be on site. I want to be where the action is. I don't really want to be in the studio during these big events. I will be if they make me, but I'd rather be on site.
1: Well, it, it, it goes to show... Uh... Tom, you are a a a boots uh on the ground kind of guy yeah. and uh i've always just known that what and i think just what you said i get a chance to design it that gives you such a break out of the gate ahead of everybody else cuz you already know how the race is supposed to be run that's fantastic well
3: and, well, and, and i know the whole show i mean i design the whole hour yeah, and a half show and exactly. uh, so i you know it makes you learn pretty much about everybody and everything so in uh, fact, that's what I'll spend the next tomorrow doing is is going through. Now that the the paperwork's done, I'll I'll start doing a lot of notes, making a few calls, and catching up on you know tidbits for uh, for the show.
1: Tom, my producer's tell me I got to go. I love you, man. Take care. Have you back in a couple of weeks. Ron Flatter from Horse Racing Nation. Loved having him on. And don't forget, when it's time to get your bets down, the place to go is BetUS.com. You get your money fast and easy. They're reliable, and they've been here almost 30 years, folks. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies. If you liked it, tell a friend. Thanks for joining us.